uh, and understand, you know, how we should live the life that God has graciously given to each and every one of us. This morning, I want to uh, speak about a prayer for a discerning heart, a prayer for discerning hearts. Uh, this is uh, from the life of Solomon, and I just want to read uh, the first scripture uh, so that we get the foundation laid. The Bible tells us in 1 Kings 3, verse 5, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God asked for whatever, and, and God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Imagine, you know, God comes and says, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, O oh Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I'm only a child, a little child, and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you for your wonderful presence today. I want to thank you, Lord, for your word. Let this word be able to find entrance into our heart. And Lord, help us to see the lessons that we can learn from this very scripture that you have given us today. So Lord Jesus, as we are listening to your word, we pray, Lord, that you guide us, that you give us an open mind and an open heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this scripture that we have just been hearing from the Word of God is an amazing uh, encounter that, you know, Solomon had with the living God. Solomon was a young son of David, and he was selected to sit on the throne of his father, David. And it's very interesting to see how God takes care of uh, the future of Solomon, who is now king and is on the throne of his father. Now, uh, the scripture that we have been reading is very important, and it's, it's important that we dissect it in a way that really makes us learn very crucial lessons that we see here. You know, the Bible tells us that at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon. First of all, the question is, what is Gibeon? Gibeon is a place, and uh, in those days when the temple was not yet built, that was the place where, uh, you know, the people went to bring sacrifices to the Lord. It was the most prominent of the high places that 
the people used to go and uh, uh, sacrifice to the lords. So at that particular time, Solomon had gone to sacrifice 1,000 uh, sacrificial lambs. You know, that is an amazing thing. Uh, he sacrificed there in the place where people went to sacrifice. 1,000 burnt offerings he brought on that altar at that particular time. And uh, of course, for him to do that, that meant that he had a desire to somehow be recognized uh, as somebody who would walk with the Lord, as somebody who was willing to lay down you know, his, his uh, abilities, his riches, his, his uh, you know, uh, valuables. And uh, you know, if he brought 1,000 lambs you know, or creatures that he sacrificed, that's a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, sacrifice that he was bringing. So Solomon came to Gibeon, that place of sacrifice that was uh, used to sacrifice to the Lord until later on the temple was being built. And Solomon showed love to the Lord, as the Bible tells us a few verses earlier, uh, by walking in the statues of his father David. So he was not saying, okay, now it's me, I can do whatever I want, I, I live my own life uh, according to my own fashion. No, he was seeking to live his life according to the statues of his father, David. Now that night, after sacrificing 1,000 uh, uh, burnt offerings, God appeared to him. And uh, he said to him, you know, introducing first of all the subject, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Now, if God would come to you and ask you that question, what would you tell him? You know, I believe all of us, we have got wish lists ready, wish lists ready that probably we have told him many times before. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we might say, you know, I need... Uh, I need more money, I need more influence, I need a job, I need a house, I need a car, I need this or the other. Uh, interestingly, when God is asking uh, Solomon what he should give him, none of these features anywhere prominently in, uh, his, uh, in his, you know, prayer. So he was not uh, giving him a, a wish list. Even so, God had given him a blank check. He says, ask whatever, whatever you want. I'm sure uh, we would all hope for such uh, an opportunity, you know, where we can just fill the blank spaces or the blank space in, 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 a, in a checkbook and say, this is what I need, this is what I want. Uh, interesting, Solomon did not do that. Solomon does not show greed Neither is he asking for power or weapons. You know, you may, you may realize that today, you know, when uh, you hear uh, so many conflicts in which uh, nations are being involved, you hear some people always asking what comes to the mind of uh, Solomon. Solomon is not primarily looking at, you know, what could 
benefit him personally? What could benefit him as a, as a king, a young king on the throne of his father, David? But uh, Solomon was much more interested in the service to the people. And, and I think this is really amazing because he says, I'm only a little child and I do not know how to carry out my duties. He realizes as a king, he has got duties. He has got things to do. He has got responsibilities. And so he says, your servant is here among the people you have chosen great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. So it's important that we listen to this. And I want to uh, uh, dissect some of these things. You know, when, when God speaks to Solomon, the first thing he does, you know, after getting that great opportunity to express himself what he wants. The first thing is not that he asks anything. The first thing is that he acknowledges God's wonderful kindness to his father, David. Okay, so he realizes that without God, he wouldn't be where he is. Without God, you know, the nation of Israel would not be there. And so he recognizes what God, the many things that God has done in the life of his father, David. You know, Solomon, as he grew up, must have uh, carefully watched his father and all the wonderful things that God did in the life of David. And he takes, first of all, time to express himself. And I think this is something that we can learn. You know, when we come before the throne of God, you know, we should not just look, first of all, what is me, what is I, what is uh, my interest, my, my desire, but we should always recognize what God has already done for us. You know, the great and wonderful gifts and uh, the many things that he have, has uh, done in our lives. And that's exactly what Solomon is doing. He's not being pushed in that way, but it is his desire you know, once God speaks to him, once God is in front of him to express himself and, and give thanks for the kindness and the goodness of God in the life of his father. He remembers God's kindness. <clears throat> you know, and even as he inherited the throne of David, he wants to give thanks for that position that he has. After all, it was not a position that he chose himself. After all, that was a position many of his brothers also wanted, and there were a lot of fights going on for that position uh, to sit on the throne of David, but it was given to Solomon by God's own choice. And so he expresses his thankfulness. He, he gives God the glory. You know, maybe you are saying, <clears throat> of course, Solomon was a king. I'm not a king, you know. Solomon and me, we are so far apart. But I want you to understand uh, that God has called you a king of the living God. I mean, you are a priest and king and a child of the living God. So you, you should not uh, look down at yourself because you should understand that what God has done to Solomon, he's doing to you today, 
today. You may say, I'm not sitting on a throne. <clears throat> well, if God says we are kings and priests, that means you are somehow a ruler in one way or the other. Maybe even more so than Solomon. Solomon was living in the Old Testament. You and I, we live in the New Testament. And you know, God has made us kings. He made us priests. You know, a king is somebody who has a domain. A king is somebody who is exercising responsibilities in this world. And, and that's what God has given to us. And a priest is somebody who stands in between, you know, who is, uh, you know, helping uh, to bear burdens on behalf of others. That's what Jesus did. You know, Jesus came into this world and he carried our burden. He was our high priest, a great high priest. And because he carried our burden, we don't have to carry it ourselves anymore. And if we understand that we are truly priests and kings, then we should not uh, you know, look down upon ourselves because that's a very high calling, a very high standing that God has given to us. So uh, when I talk about Solomon who was a king, he was just an earthly king, okay? He had a kingdom, yes, and uh, God did amazing things in his lifetime, but don't forget, <clears throat> you are a king and a priest in the house of God. And so you need to understand whatever I'm saying today, it has got a bearing on your life as well. So what we are seeing in this uh, scripture is that, <clears throat> that uh, Solomon is not thinking first of all about me, myself, and I. You know, this is so common amongst us human beings. But he first of all thinks about the people that he's serving. He first of all thinks of how better he can do his work as the king uh, in this particular situation in which he found himself. And you know, this is very much in line with what Jesus taught us when he taught us to pray. He told us, your kingdom come, your will be done. Okay? It's very unlike what very often we do pray, you know. Uh, give me this, give me that, give me the other, you know. Uh, no, he, he prays according to a New Testament uh, value system, okay, that Jesus was teaching much, much later on, your kingdom come, your will be done. And that's exactly what he does. So he's concerned about the people of God, which was the nation of Israel at that time, and he's concerned of how best he could lead these people in the ways of the Lord. Because he calls himself like, he says, I'm just a little child, you know. I, I, I don't, so I need you. The, uh, the challenges, how, how to react in certain situations, so I need you. And that is an amazing uh, display of humility that we see in the life of uh, Solomon. Okay, so he didn't say my wishes are, and then brings a long wish list. But he says, your kingdom come, your will be done. Okay, that is very much contrary to what is being taught in many places today. You know, many 
people have adopted uh, a slogan that, is, that, uh, that says, name it and claim it. Okay, so in other words, you tell God what you want and then you make sure that you push him, you twist his arm until you get what you want. Now, that's not what God says. Of course, God says, ask and you shall be given. But we need to ask in humility. We need to ask and have in mind not our own selfish uh, benefit, but we should have in mind the very plan that God has for our personal life and for the world in which we live in, the world which we relate to, our family, our children, you know, our, our parents, or whatever the case may be. You know, we need to make sure that we are a blessing to, to them. So the amazing request of Solomon shows a very great measure of humility. You know, Solomon confesses his own inadequacies. You know, uh, if you're an adult, uh, you don't likely call yourself a little child. But this is how Solomon masters carrying, and then of course his responsibilities that his father David was carrying. And then of course he came as a novice to the throne. He didn't really know all the answers how to guide the people of Israel. He may have watched very carefully what his father used to do, but nevertheless, it was not something that he could do easily. It was, it was tough for him, he had to learn. And so, uh, he asked this powerful uh, prayer. You know, he has got this powerful prayer before the Lord. Give your servant a discerning heart. A heart that is willing to learn. A heart that is willing to distinguish between what is right and what is wrong. You know, there are many people in this world today who don't want to be corrected. Whatever they do, they feel is right. As human beings, we are all, you know, prone to make mistakes. We are all prone to go in the wrong direction. None of us is perfect. And uh, if somebody comes to correct us, you know, uh, we should have an open ear. Even if that's somebody who may come to speak to us, may not be God himself, may not be somebody who is greater than we are. Maybe even if somebody speaks to us and we come to realize uh, that maybe, yes, I have uh, gone astray here. <clears throat> I think it's very important that we learn to be corrected, that we learn to listen. You know, many of us, we have formed certain opinions, certain <clears throat> convictions, and we don't want anybody to uh, second-guess those convictions or those uh, very, um, <clears throat> very uh, things that we have been uh, believing in and doing. But as people of God, we come here to listen to the Word of God, and the Word of God has been given to us you know, to encourage us, to admonish us, to correct us. Uh, there are many things that the Word of God is, is, is meant to do. That's why God sent it to us. And <clears throat> when the Word of God comes to correct us, we should be willing to listen and get 
corrected. And if God said, you know, should really, we, to do this kind of job, we should still be willing to do it. You know, should really, we be willing to reflect and uh, be able to uh, correct ourselves where needed. Uh, that's what humility is all about. And we see humility in the prayer of Solomon. He is not, uh, you know, boasting. He's not coming and saying, I'm the king, which he could have done, you know. But he was saying to the Lord, I'm just like a little child, and I need to learn. I need to co get corrected. I need to have a heart that is discerning. I need to be able to dis discern between right and wrong. And I think that's very important. Every one of us should pray that prayer. Lord, give me a discerning heart. Give me a, the ability to distinguish between what is right and what is wrong. So many times in our lives, we are rushing into things and only later on we realize uh, that may not have been the best uh, thing that we did. But then, of course, we don't want to humble ourselves. We don't want to ask for forgiveness uh, when we do that. We don't see this uh, behavior in Solomon, in this young man who had been given such a great responsibility. So he, Solomon says, Israel is your chosen people. You have called them out of, uh, uh, you know, the time when they were in slavery, or you have uh, created them through uh, calling Abraham, whatever the case may have been. He recognized the greatness of the nation of Israel. And he understands what it meant for him to take the helm of that nation and to carry their responsibilities. He says, this is a nation, a people too numerous to count or to number. And that means he understands that there are many needs that this nation had. Okay? Many needs that each and every one of us is facing. And uh, Solomon realized that uh, those 12 tribes that he was responsible for, they had needs, they had uh, challenges, and he was the one who was asked to guide them. In this prayer, you know, Solomon does not utter a single word about what he wants to have for himself. That's an amazing reality, okay? Most of the time when we pray, you know, we, 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 we always try to think about the things which we need first. But Solomon doesn't even mention anything that he would need uh, personally, but he leaves everything else to the Lord. Okay? Now, that was Solomon's part, okay? Solomon's prayer, okay, for a discerning heart. And then we hear God responding. And I want to read from verse 10, 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 10. And the Bible says, And the Lord was pleased that Sol Solomon had asked for this. Okay? So if you want to please the Lord, then carefully dissect the prayer 
of uh, Solomon. Carefully understand why Solomon was asking for what he was asking. Why he was not asking for weapons, why he was not asking for money, why he was not asking for to be more powerful than every, any other nation. Why he was asking to be able to distinguish right from wrong. Why he was asking to be able to be discerning in his heart so that he could guide the nation of Israel. So first king, I mean first king chapter three verse ten says, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, listen now, this is very important. God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise, a wise and discerning heart so that there will be never, so, there, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there be, ever be. Now that's amazing, huh? Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for. Hmm. Just imagine, you know, you ask for one thing and God doubles it up. He says, moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in my ways and obey my statutes and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke and he realized that it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem, stood before the Ark of the Lord's covenant and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then he gave a feast for all his courts. Okay, so David woke, I mean, Solomon woke up and he realized it was a dream. And maybe you're saying, ah, it was just a dream. It doesn't mean anything. No, actually, Solomon realized that that dream was not uh, just uh, a moment of uh, stepping out of your reality, but it was actually God nevertheless appearing to him. And it was God giving him those powerful promises. So God said, okay, you have asked for a discerning heart. I'll give you a wise and discerning heart, just like you have asked. But then, I love to give, and you know, God is a giver. He loves to give. So he says, I, ask, I give you things that you have not even asked for. And then he gives us a list, you know, of things that, uh, that God will give to him. Because he was not selfish. He was not looking for only his own benefit. So God says, I will nevertheless give you what you have not asked for. And that is truly amazing. Okay? So God said, I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never be anyone like you, nor ever will be. Wow, this is, this is amazing, isn't it? And in this case, maybe we cannot necessarily cons uh, uh, compare ourselves with Solomon. But, you know, what we see happening in Solomon's life is what God loves to do in each and every one of our lives. He wants to give us a discerning heart. 
He wants us to be able to distinguish right from wrong. He wants us to be able to take the responsibility that God, or the responsibilities that God has given us in this world and take them seriously and carry these responsibilities for the good, not only of ourselves, but for many others that are around us. And then God says something that is amazing. He says, I will give you even more than what you have asked, asked for, okay? He is actually saying, I'm giving you the things that other people ask first, okay? Both riches and honor. So that in your lifetime, you have no equals amongst kings. Okay, this is what God give him without condition, okay? He just says, this is what I will do, okay? You have asked for a discerning heart. I will give you that discerning heart. But because you didn't, you know, ask selfishly for all kinds of different things, I will nevertheless give you riches and honor, and I will establish you in a wonderful way. And that's what God did. Okay? Amazing. But then he gives him also a conditional blessing. A conditional blessing means, you know, it will only come if you're doing certain things. Okay? There's an if there. Okay? If is a condition. And God said, I'll give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so in your lifetime there will be no equal among kings. And if you walk in my ways and obey my statutes and commands as David your father did, I will give you long life. Okay, so the long life, not, un, not like the other uh, things which were immediately, you know, uh, given to, to Solomon without any, any fulfillment of uh, a requirement. God says, I will give you a long life provided you keep walking in my ways. Provided you keep doing what, you know, your father David has established in, 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 as, as a way of life and you will do the right thing as you have today, okay? And let me tell you, there are things that God will give you, things that you have not even asked for, okay? Many of us, we take for granted what we have. You know, many times you go to uh, buy certain things in a shop. The other day, you know, some time ago, I was, uh, I was going to game stores, okay? And uh, I must not have been at game stores for maybe for seven, eight months or even longer than that. But at that particular day, I went there because I was looking for something which I knew they had and I couldn't find it elsewhere. So I, I, I went to that store and I found all the doors closed. And I was, I was shocked, I was saying, what is going on? Why are they closed? So I read that paper they had put on the side and they said, closed for stock taking. And it so happened that I was just 10 minutes late. You know, I came 10 minutes after they had closed the, the doors. And they did stock taking. And I saw a lot of people inside walking up and down, having lists and uh, doing some counting and said, oh, okay, what can I do? So I went. And I didn't go back to the same shop, okay? Because I didn't find the time again. But interestingly, you know, uh, every business who is carrying stock, they need to do some stock takings from time to time. 
And I believe it's very important for us to do a stock take in our life. You know, stock is the stuff that you have, okay? Maybe there could be blessings, like in, in a store, of course, you have goods like maybe a glass or maybe some other goods that are being for sale, and uh, they are counting all of these things to make sure that, uh, you know, what they have in their computer system is what is really on the shelf. If, if it's not correct, then of course something has gone missing in between. So it's very important that they know and understand what kind of stock they carry in their shop. And I think it's very important for each and every one of us to do some stock to take every now and then, okay? And not only stock take, okay, not only uh, see what we have, but also recognize where it came from and why we have it, okay? And many of the things that God has given to us, they're given to us by his grace. We have not worked for it. We have not sweated for it. We have not even asked for it. And yet we have it. You know, there are many of these things that God has given to us. When have you uh, taken your last stock take? Okay, I think it's important. You know, I think it's important that we sit down with a notebook and uh, begin to write the things that God graciously has given us. And uh, if you cannot find anything, that means you really don't have a discerning heart. You really don't understand that you are not living by yourself, by your own strength, by your own power, but that actually God is the one who has given you life. That's where we can start with. You know that God has given you a job, that God has given you the grace to do certain things in a certain way that others probably cannot do. You know, there are many things that we can be able to write down in our notebook to take stock in our life. And I think every now and then, this is important, okay? Because only then can we give, uh, you know, a reasonable kind of thanks to the Lord because we realize this is not what I could have accomplished in my life. This is not what I could have produced. This is not what I could have built. It is just because the Lord gave me grace. The Lord gives me wisdom. The Lord gives me understanding. And this is what we are seeing in the, lives of, uh, in the life of Solomon, who realized that what God had given to him was by his grace. So sometimes we should do that exercise and do it as quickly as possible, you know, because you may have things that you have not even considered. There may be some things languishing somewhere in a corner of your mind or of your heart or even of your house that you have never even seen for a long time and yet God has given you this by his wonderful grace and he wants you to utilize what he has given to you for the glory of God. Now, let me take you a little bit uh, further uh, to show you the powerful way God answered the prayer of Solomon. In chapter uh, 4 of uh, 1 Kings, just a little bit further from where we have been reading earlier, in chapter 4, verse 29, the Bible reads, God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight. Okay? 
I want you to understand, we are, we are talking about Solomon, but we are also talking about you and me, okay? Because the things that God gives to you is unique, okay? The ability that God has given to you, he may not have given to anyone else on the face of the earth. You know, your opinion matters. Your, your insight matters. And so God is saying to, uh, to Solomon, is describing about the life of Solomon, God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight. And the breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Okay, I'm sure we all know you can't measure the sand on the seashore because there's always more. You dig and dig and dig and it will not stop, okay? And, and, and the, the word of God says that God gave to Solomon a breath of understanding that was like the sand on the seashore without measure. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the men of the East and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. Okay, you remember when Jesus was born, wise men came from the East. Okay, and uh, if you study history, you will find out that there were kingdoms in the East that they were, that they were amazing, that they were powerful, okay? We know that some of the old dynasties of China, they had the power and the ability to do things that we still cannot understand up to our days. Okay, when, when God speaks about the wisdom of, of uh, Egypt, okay, uh, we still marvel at many of the things that Egypt was able to do, okay? We all have heard about the pyramids, probably we have all seen pictures of the pyramids. Some of you may have been there, I don't know. But these are majestic buildings. And up to today, you know, all our wise men, all of our engineers, all of the people who, who you know, have studied uh, these pyramids, they have no clue how these pyramids could have been built without the modern machinery that we have today. How they got all these heavy, heavy, heavy material, you know, from, from uh, the bottom, because, you know, uh, these things were built many, many meters high. And uh, those rocks, those blocks of granite or whatever it is, they were heavy. How did they manage to get them up there? Up to today, no scientist, no engineer has got the complete answer, okay? Maybe if it was today, uh, we would have a lot of powerful equipment that we would put up there and we could build a, a pyramid. But interestingly, have you ever seen somebody building a pyramid? I, I, I don't mean something like next door here. Somebody puts a pyramid on top of a building, which is just a small thing. But the real pyramid, you know? Have you ever seen somebody building a real pyramid? And you know why they are not building pyramids? Number one, you know, we, we don't fully understand uh, the purpose why these pyramids were built. It has something to do with life and uh, eternal life, as the, as, the, as, the, as the Egyptians understood it. But they had an amazing understanding. They had an amazing insight in 
the constellation of the star because a star would shine into a pyramid deep into the chamber where the, one of the pharaohs would one day be buried. Okay? Today we wouldn't build the pyramids because we don't need such a chamber, such a, a, a burial ground, number one. Number two, it would be too expensive to do it, okay? And that's why it is not done. And the Bible tells us that Solomon had a wisdom that was greater than the wisdom of Egypt, greater than the wisdom of the wise men from the East. And that really was a standard at that particular time that everybody recognized. He was wiser than any man, including Ethan, the Ezraite. You know, these were people who were known at that time. So he was wiser than Ethan, wiser than Haman, Kalkol, or Darda, the son of Mahol, the sons of Mahol. And his fame spread to all surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs. Okay, some of them are in the Bible. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs numbered 1,005. How many songs have you written? How many proverbs? It's, um, actually, it might not be a mystic if you sit down and write some, some proverbs, okay? If they don't come out right, even for yourself, it may be an encouragement, okay? Why don't you write a song? And even if it's not something that is going to uh, go on the hit list, it doesn't matter. But just express yourself in a way uh, that you bring glory and honor to the Lord. But this is amazing. You know, 3,000 Proverbs, 1,005 uh, songs that he wrote. But it didn't end here. end here. The Bible says here he described plant life from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the walls. He also taught about animals and birds and reptiles and fish. Men of all nations came to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who heard of his wisdom. Now, you can imagine, this is truly amazing wisdom, okay? This can only happen as a result of the blessings of God. And let me tell you, there are many things that God wants to do in your life and in my life that cannot come from our own natural ability, from our own reasoning, from our own learning that only God can do in our lives. Okay? That's why, you see, the Word of God is so important because God sows seed into our hearts that are eternal that are able to do things that are, can give, can give uh, life to uh, fruits and, and uh, abilities that naturally we could never be able to have. So God is interested in seeing ourselves being blessed. And uh, this is just an encouragement for us to consider the life of Solomon, okay, and learn how God blessed this man that kings from all over the world came and listened to him because they, they knew they could gain something from uh, attending a seminar in Jerusalem life.
animal life, bird life, reptiles, fish. He knew it all. So it's not because more, uh, I mean Solomon was uh, great in himself. It was Solomon who had asked for a discerning heart, asked for wisdom from God, and God gave him that wisdom and that discerning heart. And the Bible tells us anyone who is lacking wisdom, he should ask God. Okay? Many times we are realizing that we lack money and we ask God. But sometimes we don't realize that we lack wisdom. Because a lot of people, they have got so much money, you know, like there was this man who got convicted of, uh, of fraud. He was having a company of 32, 32 billion US dollars. 32 billion US dollars. And he helped himself out of this 32 billion, which was the money of other people, to 8 billion himself. And eventually when some people were questioning and everybody was becoming jittery and they all removed their money, then they found that 8 billion were missing that he had been siphoning out from, from the place. Okay? Very sad. Okay? Sometimes we think this is what life is all about. This is not life. Okay? Life is not to have plenty of you know, property or plenty of money. Wisdom is more important. That means how to use the gifts that God has given to us. Okay? So $8 billion is a long time, but as a result of his, uh, his impropriety, he might spend up to 110 years in prison. Okay? Of course, he's already 30-something, and uh, he will not be able to come to the end of that sentence. It's not yet given that sentence, but when it's given, it probably is a long-term sentence. Okay, this is what we sometimes do. You know, we, we look at the things that uh, seem to be uh, very, very desirable for us, but we are not asking for the wisdom to apply it in the way that it will be able to bring benefits benefit to the world in which we live and benefit to ourselves. Benefit to the kingdom of God. Okay? So, having money is one thing. And a lot of people have a lot of money, but they don't have the wisdom how to apply that money or that, those properties that they have. So you can have little and you end up with even more than others who have got plenty because you have got the wisdom. And that's why you know, brothers and sisters, we should ask for the wisdom of God just like Solomon did. Because when we have wisdom, you know, even the little that you may have in your hand will make uh, a big difference. You know, the disciples were asked uh, by Jesus to give uh, food to the people who were uh, uh, attending the meeting of Jesus. And there were 5,000 men. And, you know, uh, like in those days, they counted the men uh, who knows how many women and, and how many children were there. But there were so many, okay? And then uh, the disciples come and said, send these people home. You know, they are a burden on us. What if they get hungry? Uh, then we're in trouble. And uh, Jesus says, well, you give them to eat. The very same thing they wanted to avoid, Jesus said, you must do. <laughs> okay? Now that was tough, eh? 
But then uh, they scratched their head and they said, we don't have. And Jesus said, whatever you have, bring it to me. And of course, there was just a little bit, you know, a little fish, a little fish and uh, bread. Uh, the meal for one young boy. And they brought it to Jesus. And Jesus said, let them come to me. Okay, let them come to me. And he took this little uh, resource that was given into his hand. He lifted it before his father and he gave, he gave thanks to the father for, for all that he provided. And then he started giving to the people. Okay. And amazingly, it was enough for everyone. Not only enough for everyone, there was leftovers. And nobody knew that there was no big, uh, you know, storeroom where he all got this from, but it was just coming from the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ because he had the wisdom to know what to do with the little resource that he had. And you know, this is very often the problem that we have. You may be complaining to God and says, what I have is not enough, just like the disciples did. Stop complaining. Just put it in the hands of the Lord and say, Lord, I, I, I trust you. You will, you will do what, what is required. You know, the wisdom to use what we have in the proper way is an amazing gift that God wants to give every single one of us. Okay? Whether you have plenty or little is not the first uh, issue that you should consider. But have you got the wisdom to apply the little or even the much that God has given you. That is what is really counting at the end of the day. So Solomon had this amazing experience. You know, he had this dream. He didn't even realize it was a dream. It was so real. And of course, it was real because God really did appear to him. But it all happened in a dream. And when he finally came to realize it was a dream, he didn't discard it and say, ah, it was just a dream. No, actually, he went back to Jerusalem and he was again standing before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and he was giving God more sacrifices. And not only that, he called a feast. Okay, he called all his people together, all the people in his court, he called them and they celebrated in a powerful way because of what God had done in his life. So it's good to thank God, to give a sacrifice to God when he gives us that uh, assurance that he will take care of our lives. Okay? The Bible says that we should bring to the Lord a sacrifice of praise. Okay? What is a sacrifice of praise? A sacrifice of praise is that you give God praise when you, don't, when you don't even have yet what God has promised you. And that's where we have problems so many times. You know, we say, okay, I'll give God praise when I have it. Okay? No, give him a sacrifice of praise. You know, give him your praise and, uh, you know, you can be sure that God will come through in the right time. Many of us, we say, I'll give God. When, I, when God gives me, I will give something back to him. You know, no, we should learn to live by faith and give by faith. That means you give him a sacrifice even before you have what he has promised you. 
Now, the Bible tells us that a house is built by wisdom, the wisdom of God and the understanding of God. Let me just read for you from the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, verse 3. The Bible says, by wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. A wise man has great power, and a man of knowledge increases strength. For waging war, you need guidance, and for victory, many advisors. Wisdom is too high for a fool. In the assembly at the gate, he has nothing to say. Okay, let's understand the assembly of the gate was always the place of the rulers. That's where the council was meeting, you know, like the city council or the council of elders, and they were, they were guiding the affairs of the city or the nation. And uh, the Bible says that for somebody who is foolish, he has got no word to say, no word to utter in such a place. In Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6, the Bible says, For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. Do you know that common sense is a gift of God? Because common sense sometimes is not so common. Okay? We call something common sense which we uh, expect everybody should know, but then reality is that most of the people don't understand it. So common sense is also a gift of God. Okay? That's what the Bible tells us. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He's a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy. Praise God. What a promise, okay? What powerful words that God has given us right here. The Lord grants wisdom. The Lord gives us integrity. You know, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And he gives us a treasure, a treasure. Not a little bit, not a drop uh, or a tri trickle, but he gives us a treasure of common sense. Amazing. So Solomon built Israel by the wisdom of God, and he made it a very vast kingdom in every way. You know, the, the kingdom of Israel was never as large as it was in the days of Solomon. It never had the influence that it had during Solomon's reign. You know, it is an outstanding reality that uh, has been becoming uh, known and seen by the kings of the earth. And they didn't come to fight war against him, they came to learn from him, okay? So he was able to bring peace to the nation of Israel. The Bible says through knowledge, you know, all the rooms are filled precious, okay? God will want to give us wisdom and understanding, a wise and a discerning heart. But when we are blessed in such a powerful way, 
we also have to be alert because we can take things for granted. You know, as uh, human beings, as we are, we sometimes receive the grace of God and after uh, maybe some months or some years, we have forgotten that what enabled us to do certain things was not our own genius, but it was the grace of God. And then we forget about God. Unfortunately, this happened even to Solomon. He forgot about God. He did no longer walk in the ways of his father, David. Thankfully, the way we read it from scripture, he seemed to have uh, gotten around the corner and have repented in the last days of his life. But it's important that we always stand before the Lord and that we are always ready to be impressed by his word, corrected by his word wherever need may be. You know, starting our lives with the Lord is one thing, but we must continue to grow until we finish our lives and finish it well. Okay, let me take you to the book of 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. This is one of my favorite scriptures, one of a very powerful word that God gives us. And uh, the Bible reads here, this is the letter from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. So even faith is not something that you have produced because you are capable of producing it. It's a gift of God, okay? God has given you that gift of faith, the ability to believe in the Lord. And then he says, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord, okay? May, give, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow. You know, if you get more, then you grow. Uh, as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. That's what I mean with stock take, you know. Find out what God has given you so that you can be able to live a godly life. We have received all of these by, becoming, by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and his excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. You know, we, we, we don't get the promises because we produce them ourselves or some, we push somebody to give us promises. No, God has given them to us because he loves us, because he wants to see us excel in everything. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Okay, God says that you have the ability to share 
his divine nature because he has given you everything that is required so that you live that kind of a life. And in verse 5 it says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Okay, so God gives a promise, but you have to respond to that promise. You have to take that promise. You make room for that promise. And then it says, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with and, and, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patience, patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness. Another translation says, add to your faith, all of these things, okay? Supplement your faith with these values, moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, patience, endurance, godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God wants you to grow. God wants all of us to grow. He has given us wonderful promises. He has given us so much, you know, that... Opportunities are just waiting for us at every corner. We need to respond to what God has promised to us, what God has given to us, and make it become real in our everyday life. Remember, we are not supposed to only start well, but we are meant to grow continuously. And we are called to see our lives becoming a greater and greater blessing to the people around us. And my question to all of us today is, you know, yes, you have started to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Praise the Lord for that. But are you growing in grace, in knowledge, in understanding? Are you growing in all of these things that we have just been reading about in the word of the Lord Is there excellence in your life? Is there this uh, brotherly kindness in your life? Is that love in your life that God desires to see in each and every one of us? That's a question. And you know, that means when these things are found in our lives, then you can talk of growing, of growth, and God wants us to grow. God has given us everything to live a life of excellence, a life that brings glory to him. Consider the life of Solomon, but then also consider these scriptures from the New Testament, and uh, I've not been able to read all of them, my time is up, but let's understand that God has given us Everything in Christ, all the spiritual wisdom and the insight God has given to us in Christ, in his knowledge, in his understanding. So we have great and powerful resources that God not only has made available in the past, but is making available to us today. You know, as we trust in him, as we believe in him, as we get hold of these promises, these mighty and powerful promises 
Let us get hold of them and grow in grace and truth in our lives. May God bless you. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for this opportunity for us to be together today as a family. Lord, thank you, Lord, that we can be able to encourage one another. And Lord, today you have painted this uh, wonderful story of the life of Solomon in front of us. You have shown us how this young man was uh, desiring to have his rightening heart. That he had a desire to be able to distinguish from what is right and what is wrong. Help us, Lord, not to be stuck where we have been for a long time, but, Lord, to grow and to be able to see the many wonderful promises become real in our own lives. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what we are learning from the life of Solomon. And we thank you, Lord, that you have shown to us that as children of the Most High God, people who have known you as Savior and Lord, people who have accepted you as the one who is giving eternal life, are even in a more prominent position than Solomon could ever have been because you have given us life that never comes to an end. You have given us wisdom and you continue giving us of your grace, your goodness, and your kindness. And so, Lord Jesus, as we are reflecting on the words that you gave us today, let us be thankful. Let us be able to give a sacrifice of praise to our God. Let us be able to give him honor and adoration for all that he has done and all that he continues to do in each and every one of our lives. We thank you, Father, for sending your best, your son, Jesus Christ, into this world. And we thank you, Jesus, for having opened the door for us to all the riches of your glory. We give you thanks. We give you worship. We give you honor. And everyone say, Amen. Amen.